continue those conversations after the service. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, welcome to Cornerstone Presbyterian Church. My name is Michael Risk and I'm part of the ministry staff here. And today I'm doing a one-off sermon and I want to look at the topic of lament. To ground this topic, we are going to come to God's Word and look at a prayer of lament given by King David, Psalm 13. As we come to the Psalms, we must remember that the book of Psalms, or the Psalter, were first and foremost not sermons, but poems meant to be sung. Sung by God's covenant community. And there are many themes and genres found in the book of Psalms. However, the most dominated genre in the Psalms is not praise, but lament. It is considered that more than a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. So having said this, what is a lament? A lament can be defined as an honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. A honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. I want to make a distinction at this point. Lament is not the opposite to praise. Lament is not the opposite to praise. But think of lament as the path towards praise. Lament is the road which starts with heartbreak and despair, but is a journey which includes struggles as one wrestles and learns to trust and find their hope in God. And then again, praise Him. It's considered that the Psalms of Lament typically go com compromise of four movements. A turning to God, a complaining to God, petitioning God, and then trusting in God. As we look at this topic of lament, and predominantly look at Psalm 13, let's come to our great God in prayer. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to your word this morning and we look at the Psalms of Lament, Father, we pray lead us on a journey to trust in you more. Lead us on a journey from lament to praise. Father, lead us on a journey where we are reminded of the great hope that we have in Jesus. And we pray all this in his name and for his sake. Amen. Don Carson in his book, How Long, O Lord, said this. All we have to do is live long enough and we'll be bereaved. All we have to do is live long enough and we will die. He says, all suffering, not least sickness and death, is tied to sin. If there had been no sin, there would have been no death and no illness, which is death's prelude. Uh, each of us have known what it means to feel the effects of living in a fallen world. Each of us have fallen sick. Each of us have experienced hurt and pain. Each of us knows what it means to suffer. Some here in our congregation know what it means to suffer greatly. Having lost loved ones. And have, through this experience, felt real pain and painful grief. During a season of grief, a variety of emotions can be felt. Numbness, 
loneliness, fear, anger, despair, and even physical pain. David in Psalm 6 says this, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. The grief felt by David in this psalm is felt in his very body. Grief. It can be so debilitating and so overwhelming. David again in that same psalm, Psalm 6 says this, I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I fill my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Each of us here have been brought to tears. All of us knows what it feels like to cry. No one taught us to cry. From the moment each of us were born, we knew how to cry. It is human to cry, but it is Christian to lament. It is human to cry, but it is Christian to lament. David, the king of Israel, in Psalm 13, in his despair, he comes to God in lament. And today we are going to look at this psalm and be reminded that in the midst of pains and suffering, we are to find comfort in God. That in the midst of pains and suffering, we are to find comfort in God. As previously mentioned, the psalms of lament typically go through four movements. And these four movements will be our four points that we're going to be working from today. So our first point, turning to God. Second, complaining to God. Third, petitioning God. And fourth, trusting in God. Let's look at that first point together, turning to God. In the midst of despair, one of the hardest things that we can do is turn to God. Sometimes the pains we feel can be so overwhelming that we lack confidence to even turn to God. So what do we do? Well, we can fall into the trap of turning to other things rather than God. I know for me, one of my many comforters is food. Give me a pizza with extra cheese or a double beef burger, double beef cheeseburger with bacon with a side of thick cut chips. Oh, and I'll feel comforted. I don't know why, but for me, food gives some sort of chemical response in my brain. I guess endorphins are released, and my brain tells me, hey, comfort food is here. It's time to be happy. But for you, maybe it isn't pizza. Maybe your comfort food is chocolate or cheesecake. Or maybe your endorphin release comes when you're shopping. Perhaps online shopping and buying another pair of shoes despite the groans of your husband in the background. <laughs> or going around the op shops and getting that endorphin release through finding another dress or handbag. Or maybe you seek escape and find comfort by getting lost in music or in a video game. In the midst of hard times, we will seek comfort in things that will distract us. Something that will numb the pain. Something that will produce for us that, mo that brief moment of happiness. But you know what? We know it doesn't really help us. 
Eating pizza with extra cheese doesn't fill the void or take away the pain that is being felt. The hurt that is making you feel numb. A God has given us good things to enjoy, but not to abuse. We are not to find comfort solely in food, music, or shopping, but find comfort in God. For me, finding comfort in food rather than finding comfort in God is like trying to put a band-aid on a gushing wound. The Psalms of lament lead us to find comfort, ultimately, in God. The Psalms of lament invite us to turn to God in the midst of troubling times. These psalms give us a language to express when we are grieving. The psalms give us words to the pain that we are feeling. The psalmist gives us permission to ask questions. Where are you, God? And if you love me, why is this happening? Let's see an example of this in Psalm 13. Please turn with me to Psalm 13, verse 1. And David says, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? In the midst of great difficulty, we sometimes can feel that God is giving us the silent treatment, that he isn't there. Sometimes it can feel that God is in some sort of distant country, far away from us, rather than right there with us in our struggles. This is what David is feeling. So he comes to God and says, How long? How long will you be distant from me? How long will I feel lonely and helpless? How long must I endure this all alone? A David, David gives us permission to cry out to God and say, Lord, things are not right in the world. And Lord, in my moment of need and in my struggles, you aren't here. David is telling us in verse 1 something extremely helpful. He gives us permission to cry out to God. But he also shows us one whom we can find comfort in. It's not in pizza or in shoes, not in music or chocolate. We find comfort in. We find comfort in God. And this is why in our despair we must first turn to God. The Lament Psalms are a road that starts with despair and leads us to praise. And the first stop we make in our journey must start with a turning to God. The second stop in our journey from despair to praise is coming to God in complaint. This is our second point, complaining to God. It's hard to see clearly when our vision is being blurred by our emotions. We can't think logically when we are thinking with our hearts rather than our minds. The Lament Psalms give you and me permission to ventilate to God how we are feeling and to complain to Him. We are encouraged by the psalmist to bring our struggles to God and we aren't to be afraid or reluctant to do this. Why? Well, because God already knows our complaints before we even say them. Jesus reminds us in the Gospel of Matthew that God knows our prayers before we even ask. God knows what you are going through. So in your complaints, we are encouraged by the, by the psalmist to come humbly before God, not in anger, but with pain-filled questions. 
Why? How long? I don't understand. Let's turn back to our psalm and see how David complains in verse 2. He says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Do we hear David's cries? His cries are an honest, heartfelt, humble complaint. I know when I complain, I tend to go to my wife. And in my complaint, it typically comes with frustration, disappointment, and sometimes anger. In my complaint, there is no fault on my side. Just a complaint of, I'm not happy with how things have gone and how others have acted. Do you complain like that? To your friends? To your spouse? Do you complain in anger and frustration? David doesn't do that in this psalm, does he? He doesn't come angrily to God and say, How could you? How could you find favor in my enemy rather than me? How could you leave me like this? Alone and defenseless. No, he doesn't do that. He comes humbly to God with his complaints, asking questions, how long? Why is this happening? Now these enemies, we don't know who they are. However, we do know that they are gloating over David's misfortunes. That they are perhaps mocking him in his disgrace. Or at the very least, this is how David perceives them. We know in verses 3 and 4 that they are after his life. And David, perhaps even fearful, that they will kill him and gloat over his death. Is this Saul? Is this Absalom? Is this one of his foreign enemies? We don't really know. Yet despite his life being threatened, despite feeling this, his language is still of one who comes humbly before God. Our friends, when we come to God in our, in our laments, in our struggles, we are to do this with humbleness. We are to do this knowing that we come to our King and our Redeemer, one who knows what we are going through, and the one who can comfort us. A David has turned to God. He gives his complaints humbly to God. And in the next stage of our journey, he comes to God with his request, knowing that God is listening. Let's come to our third point, petitioning God. The lament psalms lead us from complaint now to request. According to Mark Rogope in his book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament, this is a book I want to highly recommend. It speaks of lament. So it's by Mark Rogope, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. In his book he says, when we petition God, we can come, we are to come boldly before God and ask and request of him in accordance with his character and what he has already done for us. We see an instance of this in Psalm 77, where the psalmist reminds himself of who God is and what he has done. And let me read a few verses of this psalm to illustrate this. The psalmist says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. 
Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. And you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. In Psalm 77, the psalmist reminds himself of how God has redeemed his people from slavery and the power that was seen in Egypt. As we come before God, we are to remind ourselves also the great hope that we have been given. Israel looked back to what God did for them in the Exodus. For us, we look to the cross. We look to what Jesus did for us while we were his enemies. If God redeemed us while we hated him, how much will he listen to our pleas and yearnings as his adopted children? David comes to God in Psalm 13 with a request knowing that God will answer, knowing how God has worked in Israel, but also perhaps personally in his own life. Have a look with me at verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 13. Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David asks God to look on him and answer, and to give light to his eyes. David is asking at this point, give me hope in the midst of my despair. Give me hope so that I may overcome my enemies. David asks boldly, knowing who he is asking. He is asking the one who has helped his people, and has helped him before. God was with Israel, with a with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, when he saved them from Pharaoh. God was with David when he attacked the bear, when he defeated the lion and killed Goliath. God would continue to be with David, and so David can boldly ask God to help. Friends, are any of us, are any of us going through struggles and challenges at the moment? Come to God. Tell God your pain and struggles. Ask God to help you during this time. And as you ask, look to Christ. Look to our Lord and Savior and what he has done for us on the cross. Look how he has been with you throughout your Christian life. Look how he has answered your prayers before. Come to God with your petitions knowing that he is your Heavenly Father who has helped you before. I must add a caveat here. Crying out to God does not mean he will answer immediately in the midst of your heartaches and sufferings, nor will God sometimes answer in ways we expect. The Psalms of Lament are a formula to trust in God, knowing that one day he will answer and restore you. And this leads us to our fourth point. Point number four. Trusting in God. In this journey from despair to praise, the, lament, the Psalms of Lament calls us to trust in God. To trust in the one who can help us. Have a look with me at verses 5 and 6. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. David doesn't say, I will trust you and praise you when you have heard me. 
Nor does he say, I will trust and sing your praises when I have a closer walk with you. No. What does David do? He says, I will trust you now. I will sing praises to you now. At this fourth movement in the psalm from despair to praise is most notably recognized by the word but or yet. That despite what I feel, yet I will trust you. Though I feel angst in my soul, but because I know who you are, I will sing your praises. So we find here that the psalmist has moved from turning to God, complaining to God, petitioning God, and now trusting in God. That despite his feelings and his numbness, despite his pains and his sufferings, David has ventilated what he is going through, comforted himself with who God is and what he has done, and so he can trust. I want to suggest that David's trust here isn't a one-time deal, but it is an active, patient trust. David would not have prayed once to God, but he would have been continuously praying and seeking God during this trial. I think there is a reason why there are more than 50 psalms of lament in the Psalter. It is because in our distresses, in our worries, we are encouraged to keep coming to God and finding comfort in Him. David is sure that God will answer him and give him what he needs, that his eyes will be given light and his enemies won't overtake him. And we've all heard that there are two things that are guaranteed in life. Death and taxes. For the Christian, we can count on one more. We can guarantee. We can have certainty that we can trust in God. We can trust God that He is faithful. That He is faithful to His covenant. He is faithful to His promises. He is faithful, though we may stumble and be unfaithful ourselves. God is faithful. God is faithful. We can trust in his unfailing love. And this leads David to praise God, that even though he feels distant from God at this moment, he knows that God has been good to him. And so he can sing God's praises. Uh, this journey that we have been taken on reminds us as individuals that in the midst of our laments, we are not to harden ourselves from God, but we are to turn to him to complain to him, to ask him in accordance with his character, to find hope in him, and to trust him. And this is also a helpful reminder for those of us who come alongside others who are going through hard times. That our role in the midst of our brothers and sisters' lament is not to become a comforter to them, but to lead them to the one who can provide comfort. I know a trap that sometimes ministers can fall into is that in their roles, they can unwittingly start serving the church rather than Jesus. As they enter this trap, as they start coming alongside those in the congregation, as they start helping, they try all they can do to comfort, all they can do to reassure the saints. And in many ways, they try and become Jesus to those around them. That instead of leading people to Jesus, the source of all comfort, they try and help by providing band-aids in an attempt to stop a gushing wound. 
I know there are many in our church that offer pastoral care to one another. I want to say a word to you. Don't become Jesus. Don't fall into the trap of trying to become Jesus to those around you. Pastoral care is providing comfort to those who are hurting to find comfort in Jesus. By all means, as you come alongside your hurting brothers and sisters, sit with them. Be like Job's friends who wept and sat with their friend. Be one who will listen. Be that listening ear that will help your brother and sister have that cathartic release as they express the angst in their soul. And as you hear and listen to them, don't be like Job's friends that sought to explain why this tragedy befell them. But bring them on a journey. Bring them on a journey to find comfort. On a journey to find comfort in the one who provides all comfort, Christ. Take them on this journey from despair to praise. Bring them to the promises of God's word. The work of Christ is more than just Jesus died for your sins. The gospel is healing. The gospel is restoration. The gospel is renewal. So bring them to Christ's word, where God's word promises healing. Bring them to God's word, where it promises restoration. Bring them to passages of scripture that speak of God's goodness. Open up God's word with them and bring them to the Savior. Bring them to Jesus, the source of all comfort. As you sit with your brothers and sisters in Christ, lead them on a journey from despair to praise. Let me end with this. I was recently asked, how do I provide pastoral care to those in the church who are hurting? And how do I look after myself as I look after others? I said simply, the answer to both is finding comfort in Jesus. As I give pastoral care, my role is not to be a counsellor or someone's crutch. My responsibility is to lead people to the one who can provide comfort and can provide healing, Jesus. And I look after myself by reminding myself that I am not Jesus. I can't bear others' burdens. I can barely carry my own burdens. So in all things, I also have to come to Jesus. Depend on him that he will bear the burdens of those in the church, but also mine. Brothers and sisters, praise God that we have a great high priest who knows what we are going through. And that in our despairs, we can turn to him knowing that he delights to hear in us, that he is able to help us. Let's put our faith and trust in the one who can lead us from despair to praise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and thank you that though we may feel at times that you are distant far off, Lord, you never are. Father, we thank you for the Psalms of Lament and how they give us a language to cry out to you in our despair. Lord, we thank you for how these Psalms lead us on a journey from despair to praise. 
Uh, Father, I pray for those in our congregation who may be struggling and grieving at the moment. I pray that you would comfort them. And I pray, Lord, that through the Psalms you would take them on a journey from pain and heartache to comfort and trust in you. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that in him we can find true comfort and true healing. Amen. I invite the musicians to come lead us in our next song.